This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here's our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. And so they hurry Joseph out of prison, doesn't even have, hardly has time to shave. He's probably shaving as he's running and he puts on his presentable clothes, and he successfully interprets the dreams to Pharaoh, and Pharaoh is so impressed that Pharaoh makes this proclamation in Genesis 41:38. Genesis 41:38. Pharaoh said unto his servants, can we find such a one as this is, a man in whom the Spirit of God is? And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, for as much as God has showed thee all this, there's none so discreet and wise as thou art. Thou shalt be over my house, According to thy word shall all my people be ruled, only in the throne I'll be greater than thou. Pharaoh said unto Joseph, See, I've set thee over the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh took off his ring from his hand, put it on Joseph's hand, arrayed him in the vestures of fine linen, put a gold chain about his neck, made him to ride in the second chariot which he had. They cried before him, Bow the knee! And he made him ruler over all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I am Pharaoh, without thee shall no man lift up his hand or his foot in all the land of Egypt. Just imagine this. Imagine this. A heathen king calling Joseph a man in whom the Spirit of God is and making this proclamation that Joseph is gonna be over his house. He's gonna rule over all of Egypt. He's gonna be ruler over all Egypt. He wears the ring of authority that seals every decree, every royal decree. He's dressed in the royal clothes of linen, fine linen. He has a gold chain around his neck. He rides in Pharaoh's second chariot, and he has criers that go before him, commanding every Egyptian to bow the knee. And when the Egyptians speak to Joseph, which they will in Genesis 47.25, 47.25, they say to him, thou hast saved our lives. Let us find grace in the sight of my Lord, they call him, and we will be Pharaoh's servants. The Egyptians called Joseph my Lord. Imagine all that. Imagine the parallels with the Lord Jesus Christ. 
God brought into a position of all power over Egypt a man named Joseph who was unknown in Egypt. Nobody knew Joseph. God brought into the position a man of all power that every man has to name the name of Jesus, and Jesus was unknown to the world, as he said. Hour that he got in John 5.22, 5.22. For the Father judgeth no man, but hath committed all judgment unto the Son. God brought into power a man named Joseph, who was thrown into a pit to die, but then resurrected out of the pit to live. Just as the Lord Jesus was put into a tomb of death, but was resurrected from that tomb of death, because what it says about him in Acts 2.24, whom God hath raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holden of it. In Philippians 2.6, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant, was made in the likeness of men, being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross, wherefore God hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, things in heaven, things in earth, things under the earth, every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Think of all the people in Egypt who were bowing, constantly bowing before Joseph And think of all the people who have bowed now to the Lord Jesus and will bow. So God brought a man into power named Joseph who was sold to the Ishmaelites, just as the Lord Jesus was sold by Judas. And God brought into power a man, Joseph, who was imprisoned, just as the Lord Jesus was arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane. And God brought into power a man named Joseph when there was a great need to be saved from the death by famine, starvation, just as the Lord Jesus appeared, just as the great need to save man from death of sin. So in short, God made Joseph the most powerful man on earth. And that's what Stephen said about him in Acts 7-9. Acts 7-9, the patriarchs moved with envy, sold Joseph into Egypt, but God was with them delivered him out of all his afflictions, gave him favor and wisdom in the sight of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he made him governor over Egypt and all his house. And what did Joseph do with this power? He used his powerful position to accomplish the saving of the Egyptians and his own family by collecting all this grain for the years of famine. Just as the Lord Jesus used his power and his sinless life his sinless blood to become the Lamb of God to take away the sin of the world, and that's the great significance when he was all finished and before he died in John 19.30, John 19.30, Jesus therefore received the vinegar and he said, it is finished, it was a cry, it was a victory cry. It is accomplished. It was a great deliverance that Joseph brought because Joseph was in a position of great power And it was a great deliverance that the Lord Jesus brought because the Lord Jesus is in a position of great power. Second, it was a great deliverance because of the A, P, A, A, adequate. Joseph had collected so much corn that it says in Genesis 41, 47, 41, 47, and in the seven plenteous years, the earth brought forth by handfuls 
And he gathered up all the food of the seven years which were in all the land of Egypt and laid up the food in the cities, the food of the field, which was round about every city, laid he up in the same. And Joseph gathered corn as the sand of the sea, very much until he left numbering, for it was without number. See, during these seven years of plenty, Joseph used all of his efforts to collect this corn. He, Joseph threw himself into this job of collecting corn. And he gathered so much corn, but the corn kept on piling up like the sand of the sea. And he tried to keep track of it. I'm sure he had guys who were, who were like, get that into the storehouses, you guys. That's your job. And they were doing that. And then the other guys, and he says, now sit there with your pencil and your paper and tally this stuff up and keep track of it. And, but, but, but there was so much corn that was, uh, that was piling up, he said to the guys who were sitting down with paper and pencil, he said, forget about it. Go help those guys. <laughs> they went off there, and that's what they did. So much corn was coming in, they couldn't measure it. He just collected an unmeasurable amount of corn. So when the famine hit, and it, by the way, it didn't hit Egypt. It spread all throughout the Middle East. People were dying probably by the thousands and death was everywhere, and no one could escape this death, and there was no deliverance in any country, except for Egypt, from the death by famine, and there was no help from the famine except from Joseph. And when the Egyptians came to Pharaoh for help, Pharaoh just told them simply in Genesis 41.55, 41.55, when all the land of Egypt was famished, the people cried to Pharaoh for bread, and Pharaoh said unto all the Egyptians, Go unto Joseph, what he saith to you do. So Pharaoh told the people to go to Joseph for help. When the people went to Joseph, they received help. It was just that simple. First, Joseph had enough corn for everyone who came to him. And that meant that Joseph did not turn away anyone who came to him. And when we see this, you know, that Joseph had an adequate amount of corn for everyone who came to him. That's an illustration of the salvation from the Lord Jesus Christ. He provides to everyone so they can escape the coming eternal, never-ending death of hell as a judgment for sin. And Joseph never said to anyone, you know, I'm really sorry, but we just don't have an extra horn. We don't have extra to spare. I've made a careful calculation of what we have, and the people have signed up already. There's nothing to spare. I'm sorry, I have to turn you away. He never said that. He never said, I'm sorry, but we ran out of corn. No, because from Genesis 41, 49, God made sure that the harvest was like the sand of the sea until he left numbering. It was without numbering. That provides a perfect illustration for the adequacy of feeding every person who came to Joseph. Joseph never cast out anyone that was wanting corn. And because there was so much corn, that Joseph gave to every person who came to him. Perfect illustration of the Lord Jesus Christ when he said in John 6, 37, John 6, 37, him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. In no way the Lord is ever gonna say, I'm sorry, but it, we only had so many salvation tickets and they're all gone now. Never gonna say that. You know, it reminds me of the little boy. I'm gonna tell the story here before, but anyway, I forgot, and I always enjoy telling it a second time, so anyway, but anyways, there's a little boy in Wales, in Cardiff, in South Cardiff, in Glamorganshire, and he had met the Savior in Sunday school. He was, he was saved, but the boy was sick, and the boy was dying, and his mother didn't know the Lord. She wasn't a Christian. 
And so she bent over her dying son and she knew the last moments had come and she tried to pray a prayer, but she couldn't, she gave up. And instead, she just went over to the boy and she said, son, is it all right? And her son replied, yes, mommy, it's all right, I'm saved. And the mother replied, you saved? How could he ever care for you or our home? And the boy with boldness looked up and responded, Jesus has plenty for everyone. That's adequacy. And as someone coming to Joseph asked Joseph, how do you know you have enough corn for every person who comes to you? Exactly how much corn do you have in stock? He couldn't answer that question. Joseph could not answer that question because they gave up on numbering, they had no idea. So when Joseph was asked this question about how much corn was in stock, Joseph would just have to say, enough. You know, how much is there? Enough for you. you know, it reminds me of a wealthy man, I may have told this story, it reminds me of a wealthy man in South Africa, and he wanted the top of the line, brand new, all the options, Rolls Royce. And so the man goes to the Rolls Royce dealer in South Africa, sits with the salesperson, meticulously goes over every detail of the car he wants to buy. He specifies all the options on the new car. I mean, he really dove into the detail of the Rolls Royce. Can you imagine that? Can you picture that? I can, okay. And the car is ordered and he makes the down payment and the months later the car arrives and it's time for the man to make the last payment and take his car. And the man remembers, oh no. He comes in, he says, I forgot a very important detail. He says, before I take this car, I must know this one important detail. Otherwise, I'm not gonna take the car. What is the horsepower of this car? And so the salesperson looks over all of his specifications. He can't find the horsepower. And so the man is being very difficult there, so the salesperson sends a message off to London that says, customer is demanding to know the horsepower of the car. Please, what is the horsepower of the car? Time passes by, then comes back the message, one word, adequate. <laughs> adequate. <laughs> People ask Joseph, how much corn do you have, Joseph? Adequate, adequate. And when anyone asks the Lord Jesus, how many salvations of Pesach and Passes do you have? How many do you have? Enough for you. Adequate. Or as the little boy said, Jesus has plenty for everyone. And we find that's true not of salvation, adequacy, sufficiency. But after we're saved, as it says in 2 Corinthians 3.5, 2 Corinthians 3.5, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything is of ourselves, thank God, but our sufficiency is of God. 2 Corinthians 12, 9, 2 Corinthians 12, 9, he said unto me, my grace is sufficient, adequate for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. And we affirm personally that we believe that the Lord is adequate for every need in our lives when we recite four words out of the famous verse of Galatians 2.20. Galatians 2.20 reads, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. The four words are, not I, but Christ. Not I, but Christ. That's the words that we say he's adequate. Now this brings us to the third letter in the word pass, the first S, which stands for simple or simplicity, if you like. 
And this is brought out by what Pharaoh said to his starving people when they came to him in that verse, Genesis 41.55, 41.55, when all the land of Egypt was famished, the people cried to Pharaoh for bread. Pharaoh said unto all the Egyptians, go unto Joseph. What he saith to you do. That's Pharaoh's message to the Egyptians. They, it couldn't have been simpler. Go to Joseph. Challenged with starving to death, desperate people, Pharaoh did not give the Egyptians a complicated scheme for getting food. He just had one simple instruction, go to Joseph. It didn't matter where a person lived in Egypt, whether he lived in the north or the south, the east, the west, the message was the same, go to Joseph. It didn't matter if a person was rich or poor, the message was the same, go to Joseph. It didn't matter if a person was young or old, the message was, go to Joseph. It was simple for every person, go to Joseph. That's a perfect illustration of the simple message for everyone who needs to be forgiven by God and saved from their sins, go to Jesus. It's not go join this church. It's not do this sacrament. It's not do penance. It's not do these good works. It's not study religions. And it's not go and wash in, in some river. And it's got not go speak to some priest. It's none of those things. It's simply go to Jesus. And that's what he said in John 5.40. John 5.40, you will not come to me that you might have life. Eternal life is received by following no other message than go to Jesus. John 7, 37, John 7, 37, that last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried saying, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. The simple message for the inner hunger and thirst of the soul, go to Jesus. And it's all summed up in its simplicity in John, 1 John, 1 John 5, 11. 1 John 5, 11. This is the record that God has given to us eternal life. This life is in his son. He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. It's just that simple. There are three words that you can use to describe the forgiveness by God, salvation from sins, and those three words, available, adequate, and exclusive. You say exclusive? Yes, exclusive. Salvation is available to everyone. Salvation is adequate for everyone, but salvation is exclusive for only those who come to the Lord Jesus. This is what he says, this is what it says in Acts 4:12, Acts 4:12. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven whereby given among men whereby we must be saved. No other name than the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. This the way is so simple. The way is so simple, it reminds me of a report I just got just a couple of days ago from Caesar Flightus, who works in the garden tomb in Israel, in the garden tomb, and he writes this. On August 25th, we had a Jewish woman visiting the garden tomb from Montreal, Canada. Anybody think that's, remember, Montreal, Canada, summer blitzers? She was emotionally and spiritually broken. One of our tour guides, an Arab believer, God knows how to humble. An Arab believer from Bethlehem gave her a tour of the place at the Skull Hill, Golgotha. This woman asked our guide how she could get forgiveness from God. She acknowledged she had done many evil things in her life and asked if God could ever forgive her. 
Our God, God, our guide shared the gospel with her and she gave her life to Christ. At the end of the tour, the tour guide joyfully shared what had happened. He mentioned that she left her contact information with them. At that moment, I said to him, we need to follow up with this woman. So I took her number and sent her a text message from uh, Psalm 3418, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and save those that are crushed in spirit. And to my surprise, she replied back within an hour saying, God bless you and your family. I have really been cleansed. I was trapped, but now I am free. Oh, wonderful. Immediately after that, I contacted a friend in Canada for further fellowship, discipleship. So the great deliverance we've seen was because of the power of Joseph. It was the great deliverance because it was adequate for everyone, and it was a great deliverance because it was so simple. Go to Joseph. Now we come to the last letter. The last letter in this word pass, the last S in pass, which stands for secure. Now for the Egyptians, their food supply was secure so far by what we have already seen, but it was also secure because when Joseph was put in power, it was not with a term. It was no term to his power. You know, it wasn't in power for four years. And the Egyptians did not have to worry that Joseph only had a certain term to serve as ruler. He was in power, and that brought security to the Egyptians. That's a perfect illustration of our Lord Jesus Christ because it says about his term in Revelation 11.15, Revelation 11.15, the seventh angel sounded. There were great voices in heaven saying, the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. And the Egyptians only had to look, look at Joseph and realize he is going to stay in power, and that gave them security, just as we look at the Lord Jesus and realize he's gonna reign forever and ever, and that gives us security. But also, the Egyptians only had to look at the vast storehouses of food that Joseph had put there and then feel secure for the work that Joseph had done to provide for them. And all we have to do as Christians is just go outside and look at creation all around us and then realize our creator God, the Lord Jesus Christ, did that, and when we look at that, we understand he's going to take care of us. And he said the word consider, the Lord Jesus said the word consider in Matthew 6.28, Matthew 6.28. Why take you thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they toil not, they don't spin. And yet I say unto you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is, tomorrow is cast in the oven, shall he not much more clothe you? Oh, you little faith. Therefore, take no thought, saying, what shall we drink? Wherewithal shall we be cleansed? So what we've seen is that this great deliverance that Joseph provided can be seen from this acronym PASS. It was from the power of Joseph, the adequacy of the supply, the simplicity of the instructions and the security it gave. And if Joseph's salvation, if Joseph's deliverance from starvation was so great, how much greater is God's deliverance and salvation, which is why the Bible gives a warning about that in Hebrews 2.3, Hebrews 2.3, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the work that Joseph did. Thank you, Lord, for his faithfulness. Lord, thank you for our Lord Jesus and all he's done to provide for our security in Jesus' name, amen. 
Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher Tom Cantor here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. That's P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. That's tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. For more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program was brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.